Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Tamsin who is one of my clients and she is also heading into the coaching industry herself. So Tamsin, for those who don't know, first of all, when did you originally first get into fitness and training and why? Like, What was your motivation for first getting into it? Uh, hi there, by the way. <laughs> um, very first time I got into going to the gym, I was a bit of, um, it was quite casual. I didn't go into it with the mindset of actually training seriously. Um, I was probably about 17. I started going mainly because I wanted to just lose weight. Um, not that I was in a, a, a body that needed to lose weight, but I had had it in my head that I needed to. And I just started going. And then I think at the time I'd also been following a few people on social media and thinking, you know, I wanted to copy their workouts and look how they did and stuff. So that's where it started off. Um, it probably didn't come from the healthiest place. Uh, and also, like, I enjoyed going to the gym when I had my year 11 PE classes and I'd never enjoyed sport previously. Um, and they decided incorporating um going to the gym as one of the options we could do during sports in our final like year of like GCSEs and that was really good so I kind of latched onto that and went with it because I've never been a team sport person um I used to do swimming but I I kind of wasn't very competitive or I thought I wasn't competitive I just didn't like losing so (laughs) um the gym was kind of a way of me to be active and burn calories essentially I didn't have it in my mind to actually well I had no education about how to grow muscle or even at the time I definitely had the opinion that oh I didn't want to be muscly and I had that whole oh I don't want to be bulky thing that a lot of girls or women when they first join the gym think of um but I didn't start seriously training until I was probably about 21 2021 um and that was when I was at uni and um I'd been to therapy and had started baby steps working on like on how I felt as a person and looking at it more from actually I wanted to grow muscle I didn't want to be super thin anymore because I was quite unhealthy before and I I yeah I got I got into just had a personal trainer and the at first the focus was was actually just growing muscle and I didn't think too much on it I I probably went to her like three times a week I just trained in her own private studio and then I started going to the gym on top of that and then I fell into into bodybuilding and yeah progress from there to this point now where I'm not competing or anything but I still like to train and I still want to grow muscle and I'm in a much better place in terms of priorities (laughs) yeah just going backwards a little bit Tamsin what Mm -hmm. did your training look like when you first got into it and the goal was fat loss a lot of cardio I think I would spend like an hour on the bike and or like half an hour on the bike and do half an hour on the cross trainer and do like a bit on the treadmill and then maybe do a, a few sets on the abductor and the leg press and then go home yeah um there was no upper body work if there was leg work but I had not the best form 
and I was basing my information off of leg workouts that I saw um, Tammy Hembrow do on Instagram. She does have a really nice body. And I um, that that was the training that I did initially. But um, in terms of nutrition, my idea was just to eat as little as possible. So I was just, it was all about just burning as much as I could. Yeah. But, and when you did start, when you did first start out and you were trying to pursue that goal of getting as small as possible, did you start off tracking your food or anything like that or? Yeah, I actually used my fitness pal, like back in, back when I was in year 11, year 12. Um, it's funny to think about things in school years. I can't remember the age I was, I was about 16. And um I think at first it was out of morbid curiosity to see how much I was eating. And then I started to focus on the, the amount of calories I was eating. And I think at first it was good. And then it became some means of like almost a competition with myself of how little I could eat in a day. But it wasn't the first time that I'd been restrictive with my food. But it was the first time I was doing that and going to the gym as well for, yeah, so I, I used that. I didn't use it for very long, though. Um, I stopped using it after sixth form. I think I just kind of, real at, at the time, I, I just knew I wasn't eating enough anyway. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't need that to track it. <laughs> and you mentioned a point where your goals changed and you decided to pursue the goal of, of building muscle tissue, of hypertrophy. What was it that resulted in that change in mindset? Um, I hope this isn't triggering for people, but like um, I definitely had disordered eating. Whether I actually had an eating disorder was never fully, you know, said by the doctors, but I was very restrictive with my food and I think I used my restriction of food as a coping mechanism for stress and the other things that were going on in my life. And that was something I did from the age of like 17 through to, to 20, um, being super restrictive. And I was quite stressed out with uni and things in my personal life as well. I think I went through quite a bad breakup. Um, and there was a point, I think, um, because I, I was also... Uh, going out a lot as well at the time and drinking and stuff so I wasn't eating much and I was drinking and I just had a sort of a moment where my mum was really concerned about me she took me to the doctors and they basically said you know if you keep on going like this you're going to end up in hospital not because of drinking but of being underweight and um, they at the time I didn't qualify for for help with the mental health service so I actually got a therapist of my own back and I and I paid for that myself and um yeah I kind of realized I wasn't in the best place started eating more allowing myself to eat um and then I went abroad and came back from my year abroad and I had this moment where I was like do you know what I just don't want to be this super thin person anymore um, and I'd started following more people on social media, on YouTube and stuff, women specifically, that were promoting more of like actually getting stronger and having muscle. And I knew 
to do that I didn't know I only knew how to restrict and be and be the smallest person I could be I needed help so that's when I, I reached out to my first ever personal trainer because mm. yeah I want I wanted something different and had no idea how to go about it and that's where it started to evolve more into actually focusing on like the hypertrophy and not being so restrictive I think like how restrictive I've been has kind of fluctuated over the years like sometimes I've been like super restrictive for long periods of time and then not at all and then a little bit too much again and then not at all (laughs) yeah and what was your experience like working with that first personal trainer that you'd worked with um I loved it like genuinely because it felt like I was actually getting stronger and I felt like I I actually started to have an idea of what I was doing at the gym and although my form was still atrocious and it's definitely something I wish that I had worked on more of at, at first um it just felt good to feel strong and because I was relatively new to training and I was finally eating enough like um I could actually notice the progress I was making pretty quickly I was having the newbie gain so I had like the immediate aesthetic results because ultimately when I first started at the gym and I first started being interested in fitness, it was purely based on what I looked like. Like I didn't have any other motivation behind it besides other either wanting to be thin or wanting to change and manipulate how my body looked to be seen as more attractive for society. And I guess for men as well, ultimately. It sounds like it got you on the right track. It sort of was a positive um, catalyst for change for you yeah. how was it that you got from there of switching your goal to hypertrophy and making that positive change to then ending up obviously for the listeners who don't know Tamsin ended up going down the route of wanting to compete how yeah. was it that you ended up there from starting that, that personal training journey and starting to pursue hypertrophy so um my personal trainer was actually a competitor herself she was a I think she was a physique competitor so she had quite a lot of, of muscle um and I think she like I was in, really interested in it initially just from like purely in you know out of interest watching her do like the prep and her like she's growing loads of muscle and I think I quite admired that at the time and also like I was in the gym and you'd have at the time um, when I first started going to the gym, bikini girls were still quite small and didn't have like, well, they had muscle, but it was more attainable than when I actually decided to compete. I think it started to become less attainable. Um, yeah, I, I had people saying, oh, you should compete. You're always in the gym because I was I went to a very basically my gym's a sausage fest and there's lots of men um and at the time I don't think there was many other women so I think a lot of them were just like oh well you're into the gym you should you should compete and I also I think I followed a few girls that competed on social media I really liked the um I liked the the costumes basically and I kind of like the routine I am someone who's very into having a routine and I I think being strict in the past provided me a lot of comfort and a means to um, put all my energy into something 
um and I I think I mentioned it one day to her like oh I've been following these competitors and uh, I'm I find they're that really interesting and kind of like testing the waters to see like what she would think if I like I said do you know what I think I kind of I'm interested in competing but I had no idea what like went into it at all I just like the way it looked I suppose and, and the lifestyle at the time and then she introduced me to her coach and that's basically when when it started um, now when I competed I didn't have enough muscle really so I probably should have waited a lot longer yeah. <laughs> but at the time I was very much ha- like I wanted to give it a go to see if I enjoyed it and I did genuinely enjoy it I think apart from like obviously now in hindsight there's things now that I'm like uh that wasn't the, the right decision for me really um I did enjoy a lot of aspects of it at the time but it wouldn't be for me now <laughs> how long was that first prep and were there any negatives that came with it I think my first prep was actually about 20 weeks long um the idea was because I was completely new it was quite slow and my coach at the time knew I was probably bound to make not mistakes but not be perfect because I didn't like know how everything went and it would give me more time to like work on posing and things because I was completely new to that um but I think I lost my period really quickly um I think I was only like 12 weeks in um and I've heard of people having their period through a lot longer than that I would think maybe even before that my period had gone and at the time I was like, oh, that's all right, because I didn't like, I didn't like it anyway. So, you know, um, I lost that. That was the first thing that went. But, you know, in the first few weeks when you're losing fat, you feel quite um, energized. And I wasn't in a full time job at the time. Um, so I had plenty of time to do the cardio, get steps in and the training and everything required. Um I found I got sick of food very quickly. I was having the same thing because I was on a rigid plan. Like I literally ate the same food for years in the end. And um, that, and I found, and I became very food focused. I started following like um, 10,000 calorie challenges and like food pages. I mean, I have always been someone that's been interested in food and cooking, but it became to the point of it was literally watching food porn. I'd have it on whilst I was on the Stairmaster. And I remember being so lean, I was always covered in bruises all the time. I'd be really cold and I'd wake up in the night like sweating, but cold as well. Like I was having like hot sweats, but cold too. And I was peeing nonstop. but I just told myself it was worth it and I just to carry on um even though I knew like looking at myself I was past the point of the fat loss being healthy anymore but I think I kind of I think I liked the attention I was getting from it as well and I liked being able to tell people I had a goal and that I was going to do something and people were really impressed I mean I'm from a relatively small town and there weren't many other people doing that so I think it was something that made me stand out um but it got really hard to get all the steps in and all the cardio I think I ended up doing like um two hours of cardio at the very end and I remember being very stressed trying to fit everything in and not having much energy 
at all to do anything. I also had zero libido or interest in anyone other than myself, to be honest. Um, and I ignored everyone who who did, you know, seem quite worried about it and thought it wasn't healthy because I was like, oh, well, you don't understand. Like, this is, you know, this is what you have to do. And I would definitely like listen to other people who were competing, who had that same opinion. Oh, you know, other people just don't get it. They don't want, you know, they're not working hard enough. They don't want it bad enough. And um, I definitely fed into the very like extreme like bodybuilding side, you know, the ones that are very far into bodybuilding. I was definitely like in agreement with them. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah, I've lost track. <laughs> of what yeah, so I think they were really good points and. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight that because often, obviously, on social media, we see the glamorous side of competing. Yeah. Whereas I think it's important for anyone listening who is thinking about getting involved in competing or is in the midst of, you know, going through perhaps an improvement seasons themselves. I think yeah. it's important sometimes to highlight the potential sacrifices that are made and the fact that sometimes you know it's it might be a case of actually the negatives do outweigh the positives for some people and it doesn't make you any less of a person if that's the case and if you decide not to compete or if you decide to take a step back from competing and for other things such as your health or your social life first doesn't make you any less of a person and it doesn't mean that you're any less hard working might be just that you want to place that hard work elsewhere and the sacrifices you know the process of bodybuilding might not be in line with your core values in life and that's okay if that's the case yeah and from a sort of like vain perspective you just you don't have to compete in order to still train like a bodybuilder or look like a bodybuilder like um you there's plenty of people who have like these insane physiques who don't compete I'm not saying what they do is healthy but yeah I don't want to bash on people who do decide to compete because I do admire what they do and I just think maybe it needs people need to know more about what goes into it and how it isn't actually for everyone and when I joined there was no one talking about that side of thing or I didn't I wasn't involved enough in it to have other people tell me like oh hang on a minute you're gonna have to do all this stuff and actually it could potentially mess with your mental and physical health going forward um but I didn't know that at the time. So I can't I can't bash on myself for that, but yeah. No, I, I like you know, Tamsin, I've competed and everyone listening to this knows that I competed for several years. Yeah. And at the time, at least for the first few years, like it was what I wanted to do. And I don't have anything against anyone who does compete. Yeah. I have massive respect for people that go through the process. But the point is, it's not for everyone. And it's really important to question your motives, because I do think that a lot of people use it as a coping mechanism. A lot of people (laughs) as a bit of a a distraction technique to numb out other things Mm. that are going on or other feelings and emotions. And a lot of people just get into it without really realizing what they're getting themselves into, without realizing how extreme it is and without realizing the consequences that can come with losing your menstrual cycle, for example. So it's really important to highlight that. 
And you mentioned also how you became quite food focused. And I know that going through the process of contest prep for you and also the following sort of improvement season to some extent did yeah. have somewhat of a negative impact on your relationship with food. Yeah. Do you feel like you fully recover? What did you feel like it took for you to start to make progress like genuine progress with your health and your relationship with food like how long did that take and what actions resulted in that progress I want to say that my issues with food existed before I I got my my competing coach um that didn't cause it but it enabled it for sure and it allowed me to make it all right seem okay to not address those problems because that was the style of of training and and following a nutrition plan that was acceptable. So um, I didn't think it was a problem because people were telling me it was okay. (laughs) Um, But, so do you mean like initially straight away, when did I start regaining my period or like the food? There's obviously a whole recovery process that goes on in terms of we regain our menstrual cycle, we improve our relationship with food. How long do you feel like it took for you to feel recovered from prep? Probably not until last year. (laughs) Really. Um, And that was, what, three, four years post-show? Because I never... Immediately after the show, I did eat a lot of off plan. And I'm saying this with asterisk because I don't really believe in using that word anymore. But I did back then. Um, I initially ate a lot the first few days. And then on my third day after, and I remember that I had a panic attack about all these different foods I was eating. I remember messaging my coach because he had said at the time, you know, if you want to take a few weeks away or a few months even and come back that's absolutely fine you don't have to immediately go back on plan I'm not expecting that I remember messaging him saying I want to go straight back on a plan please and I did not just to reiterate as well for anyone listening I wasn't coaching Tamsin at this time it was different no no and also this coach is very good at what he does um it just wasn't the right style for me and then ultimately competing wasn't the right thing for me so I the, the coaches is fantastic at what they do but it wasn't what was right for me or my values besides the point <laughs> um I went straight into eating on on plan and went into like reverse dieting in fact I'm not even sure we really reverse dieted there was definitely like almost an immediate bump up of calories because I was absolutely starving and my appetite was insatiable (laughs) um and I gained a lot of weight very well I don't think it was proper weight I think it was a lot of bloating and thing and I was convinced I had like got fat when I look at pictures now I was still stick thin um and bear in mind I didn't actually have enough muscle anyway so I don't it wasn't a good look um I still have the pictures but I don't look at them because it's actually quite scary to look at Um, But this was right before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, it felt good to have a a plan because I felt like I had a bit of purpose and and stuff. Um, But it turned into 
um, because I couldn't go to the gym. I was eating on plan during the weeks. And then during the weekend, I would let myself have a day off, um, even though the, in my plan, it was only to have one off, off plan meal. Um, I would turn it into an entire day and then an entire weekend. And then I would just eat everything that I was, I'd been craving. So it was a lot of like, um, very, uh, very flavorsome food, but it was probably not the most nutritious, nutritious or, you know, most supportive of my goals. Like I think I was eating a lot of fast food, um, which in itself is not a bad thing, but I was like, overeating intentionally because I had that in my mind that I was never going to have it again um, I think the the day that I decided I wasn't going to do off-plan meals anymore was I had eaten five scones in a row <laughs> with jam and cream they were really good <laughs> and um, I just thought to myself I can't keep doing this because I was then going the next few days under eating intentionally because I felt like um oh I know I'd gone over my yeah. calorie surplus and I wasn't at, able to go to the gym so I wasn't working out as much and then I remember turning around and saying uh no I don't think I could do it off plan I'm just gonna be strict and then I was strict for another nine months before I had this moment where I was dating a guy at the time and I had this epiphany I'm never gonna be normal if I keep this up like I just want to feel normal yeah. I want to be able to have a meal and not have to bring this is, why, this is why I have uh where I, why I do not advocate people using terminology like on plan and off yeah. plan why I don't advocate having cheap meals and things like that because I think so many people will be able to relate to what you've just said yeah as it you view your quote-unquote off-plan or cheat meal, whatever terminology is used by the coach, as your yeah. one opportunity to eat whatever you want. It's kind of like the Last Supper vibes, like yeah. And then you I'm have to, again. and then you know that you're going to have to go back to your given meal plan, and so that food that you have on those off-plan or cheat days, whatever they're called. Yeah becomes such a novelty and it becomes very hard to control the quantities of food you're having because you see that as your one window of opportunity and then yeah. following that are feelings of guilt and shame which we know aren't productive and yeah. often restriction followed by again overeating as a result of that restriction and as a result of the terminology that's used and then that cycle is so hard for people to then get out of yeah. um, so I'm not a massive fan of it at all and like I said I think a lot yeah. of people listening will be able to relate to how you felt around food during that time and yeah. it can be so hard to like I said break out of that cycle so it's incredible that you reached that point where you decided yeah. enough is enough and you realized you couldn't live like that because that's yeah. such an important point that people overlook is, you know, do you want to live like that for the rest of your life? Like, what are you going to, if you stay yeah. stuck in that cycle, it can be so consuming. It can really take away from obviously your health, but also your quality of life, your mm -hmm. ability to live your life, your experiences, yeah. your relationships. 
And it's great that you came to that realization. And from that point, Tamsin, what did you do to change? So um, I actually forgot to say, I was in the middle of a cut that had gone on for 12 weeks and I had no reason to be cutting <laughs> other than like I was joining back to the gym and I just noticed that a lot of the other girls were on a cut too and I, I don't know if it was just more convenient for me to to be on one as well um and that's when I had that moment of oh god I'm never gonna be normal am I if I keep this up like um and I just I, I don't know I was in a good place mentally at the time and I think I was able to assess that I I had been using bodybuilding as a means of avoiding working on the things I actually needed to work on um so I I had been friendly with one of your previous clients and I was started looking around at other coaches who did a more flexible eating approach because I still had intentions to compete even though I'd had like a three-year off season at this point um and I still wanted to at the time but I wanted to do it a bit more where I would be able to make room for things that I actually enjoy and not be sick of my food because I am actually someone who genuinely enjoys food and cooking um and I asked about you and your approach and I think I booked on for a zoom call and I pretty much straight away decided that 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 was right and then I left my coach and I think I joined you like two weeks later or something um and I think immediately I start I noticed the benefits of even though I think we started off where I was tracking everything still and it was still very much bodybuilding I was amazed by like what I could incorporate into my diet so that had a really positive effect on me though the relationship at the time didn't work out that I was um everything else was looking up from there I think <laughs> yeah and I even remember you reporting that sort of everything was improving down to like your training performance yeah um, the way you felt on a daily basis in terms of like your energy levels recovery yeah. was improving you actually started to respond quite a lot better as well when we reduced your training volume over the week yeah so you were able to actually train with more intensity and recover efficiently and therefore respond better to your training yeah because I used to train like five six times a week and I think that actually probably didn't suit me because I did notice during lockdown that for me, when I did have access to equipment, less was definitely more. Um, I was growing more when I was doing less. And when I joined you and I and I had the flexible eating and um, the, the different approach to working out and, and training less and actually having my like my form checked and, and stuff, um, I've like grown so much more muscle than I did when I was being super strict. And obviously I think when I first joined, I was strict. So I thought that's how you grow. That's how you see physique changes is to be super, you know, strict and follow everything to the T and be, you know, perfect um, and get the praise from your coach <laughs> that you want. Um, not actually necessary and you can grow so much more um I feel like I'm still getting the the newbie gains that I should have got when I first started yeah. <laughs> in my opinion 
Yeah, I've seen it time and time again with so many clients that yeah. when they actually start to relax a little bit more about the process, they become more flexible in regards to their approach to nutrition and yeah. more flexible with their training, their stress levels decline. They actually start yeah. to respond a hell of a lot better to the yeah. process as a whole and see more progress with seat development. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier as well about the fact that you can go through the process of physique development like you would within bodybuilding without taking it to the extreme of competing in bodybuilding. And actually for a lot of people, that is a much more appropriate process and is a process that is much more in line with their values and what they really want from life than taking it to the extreme of competing. And it also allows you to develop your physique in the ways that you want to develop your physique as opposed to against judging criteria. Yeah. I mean, I think the good thing was I came from a place where I didn't have much muscle in any any department. So I was able to work on everything that I wanted to work on as well as what would meet the requirements. But you did start noticing that like oh if you were too dominant in a certain area that wasn't going to get marked well or I really need to grow my shoulder I mean I I do like I I have had more upper body development but it doesn't come easily to me so I constantly felt like I was far behind everyone else and I was but that's okay um I just felt that I I probably wasn't going to be competitive ever and it is hard to realize like no matter how hard I try or how happy I am with my physique I'm constantly going to have to change things in line to with what someone else wants me to look like I mean am I ever satisfied with progress I'm always wanting more but it was definitely a lot more negative it was you you don't have enough of this you don't have enough enough of that instead of looking at it from a oh it would be nice if we worked on glutes a bit more because I quite like having big glutes and I want to have bigger glutes and that's fine but it was definitely from a you putting yourself down kind of mindset yeah initially yeah so you when you first started working with me times and I still prepped people and obviously yeah. the intention was to go through an improvement season phase and actually yeah. step on stage and then I sort of had my transition from a professional mm-hmm. perspective when I decided that I was no longer gonna prep yeah for I was no longer gonna take people through contest prep anymore so I yeah. communicated that to everyone and yeah when was it and obviously you're still here now when I sort of mm-hmm. said so everyone listening knows I said to everyone who I communicated that to that yeah. they were welcome to go elsewhere mm-hmm. I was happy to coach them through the rest of their improvement seasons but I just wouldn't take them through the contest prep because it didn't sit right with me to push them through that process that mm-hmm. would result in their health being sacrificed um and you obviously decided to stay on yeah when was it that you realized you no longer wanted to compete and why um I remember you telling me because I think I'd voice noted you something about like the competing side of things and you'd said I um I'm actually and I haven't you know you don't you know keep it to yourself but I'm I'm not actually planning on helping people compete I don't want to do the competitive side of things anymore and I think at that moment I was like had a bit of 
I was like, do I actually want to compete? Like, because I didn't want to go. <laughs> I was like, I don't want a different coach. I really, I really like your approach. Um, I was really happy with everything we were doing. Um, it definitely felt like everything was working. And I, why did I need to change things? Um, I knew if I went to look for another coach that they would probably revert me back to maybe my old ways or the old style and um because like your coaching has always been quite holistic so it's also had like that mental health aspect as well that you've taken care of like um that's been important too and I think maybe you don't get that as much with the with the pure bodybuilding side of things um not saying that I don't obviously I this is from my limited experience I I have always been quite loyal to my coaches anyway like I don't move around I've been very lucky with who I've coached and I've never had a bad experience and uh, when I find the right coach I would stay with them um but I just felt like we really clicked and I think you made me see the other side of things and that I wasn't any less of a person and then there was this realization that I had to keep telling myself this that oh you don't want to compete actually you just want to have something to avoid the fact that you feel like you haven't achieved as much in certain aspects of your life um and this was like coming up to new year 2021 a new year happened and I think I went straight into uh I want to find out what my values are and I want to do these certain things in the next year and none of them involved competing <laughs> and um I think at first I said oh god can I just stay with you in my off season and then it just turned into actually I'm not going to compete again I don't remember the exact day where I was like oh yeah I'm not competing anymore I still get people now who recently asked me oh are you not are you going to compete again I was like absolutely not no <laughs> yeah I, I think never, it's I never a really gradual realization of yeah maybe I'm not doing this for the right reasons actually I can still make physique progress without competing anyway yeah still achieve my physique goals and actually I think you came to the realization that competing wasn't really in line with what you valued in life and where you wanted to go yeah and also I suppose because I got a lot more education out of out of outside of coaching and stuff that I kind of was starting to hear the more toxic side uh, of uh, bodybuilding and fitness and listening to those things and actually thinking wow that's a lot of rubbish (laughs) I don't think I can be involved in that Um, and I think also another thing was definitely the realization that um, to be competitive like to actually like become a pro would require going on drugs (laughs) basically yeah which again is another thing that isn't spoken about enough and you know most competitors at that level are taking assistance and it doesn't come without potential consequences it shouldn't just be like a flippant decision where you're like oh yeah yeah, I'll go I'll go so I'll take whatever you want me to but there's Um, a lot of amateurs who do it who yeah probably haven't even maxed out their potential like I know I haven't (laughs) and I've been training god I'm gonna be 26 this year so six years (laughs) more (laughs) exactly and so 
that obviously carried on for a while and that leads us to now what does your current approach look like to training and nutrition and your health and fitness goals and what are your goals okay so with goals it's hard because I feel like I don't have like a a measurable like tangible goal like I couldn't say oh I want to weigh a specific or fit into a specific dress well your goal is hypertrophy hypertrophy definitely and definitely a focus on my legs always always (laughs) focus on my legs but I have noticed a lot of upper body growth and I do enjoy that so from the fitness aspect it is just hypertrophy I still enjoy my style of training I really love yoga and that's something I've incorporated I now go two times a week um and that's important for me uh and that's the fitness side of things um nutrition wise I don't track at all anymore and I don't have a Fitbit well I do it's dead though because I haven't used it since November Uh, basically I would I would never have thought that I would go without tracking I think or or being more intuitive with my eating and and mindful I I do remember telling myself like a few years ago being like oh I I can never do that like that can never be I can't trust myself I remember how nervous you were when we first suggested you know removing tracking your steps and when we first suggested removing tracking your calories and macros um oh yeah I mean I still get moments now like you know where I'm like I don't know if I'm eating enough protein am I eating too much or am I not eating enough or am I having enough fiber though I think it's nice for me to be worrying it more from a macronutrient am I getting enough standpoint than I'm purely just freaking out about the amount of calories I might be eating on a specific day (laughs) yeah Um, and you're so you're so much more relaxed about it you've got more and more relaxed about it as time's gone on and it's not it's not an easy transition when no. you've spent years and years and years meticulously meticulously tracking that data. Yeah. And it's not going to feel easy or comfortable when no. you first make that transition, but you've no. made such incredible progress and you're so yeah. much more at ease with it now. Yeah. And you've seen for yourself that you can still make great progress with your training performance and your yeah. physique without tracking. I think it was definitely a choice for me to trust myself and to not, put my decisions and everything into someone else's hands because that is something I have definitely been guilty of doing is allowing other people to make decisions for me because I was too scared to make the decisions for myself so it was easier for someone to tell me what to eat how much to eat or whatever because then I wouldn't feel so guilty because I'm doing what I should be doing um it has I think it's been a part of like actually growing up <laughs> like you know you can trust yourself and also bear in mind that I've been tracking for so long like I know visually how much something looks like now so it is okay that I don't weigh everything and it is okay that I don't know the exact calorie amount of everything I'm eating every day and that I don't need to because I can I mean it, I haven't even really changed body composition that much in months in terms of like the amount of body fat I've got on me. So I must be doing something right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a really important point actually to emphasize because a lot of people will, a lot of people have the assumption that when you remove tracking, you're going to gain body fat, which 
you've proven has not been the case you have not you've maintained you pretty much maintained condition yeah. you've definitely built muscle tissue during that time yeah. and you've progressed with your training performance during that time yeah. so it just goes to show you can make progress and it doesn't yeah. mean you're going to gain body fat if you move away yeah. from tracking for a yeah. lot of people it can actually result in quite the opposite when you learn how to be mindful around food yeah and you question you know am I really hungry for this like physically hungry or am I eating out of boredom um am I eating to numb out certain emotions and when you address that side of things it's very rare that it results in body fat gain yeah well like if you remember I had a particular attachment to Biscoff at one point (laughs) (laughs) yeah and having sweet breakfasts that were very calorie dense nothing wrong with it but it was like every day so uh, another thing we actually worked on was having variety in my diet and not eating the same thing every day and trying new recipes again and actually finding love back with cooking and everything um and that's been a real source of joy for me to actually do that and um yeah it, it was a gradual process though we did it like very gradually over time like it started off with one day or two days a week where you don't no tracking of any kind and then building up to that and it was some days without a Fitbit some days with some and it made it a lot easier because I don't think emotionally I was ready at first to completely let go of those things and I definitely had those first moments when I was completely not tracked was was to overeat on certain things because you still have that if you've had disordered eating patterns you still have that sort of last supper mindset of god I I can have all this stuff like so I better make the most of it and that gradually goes away like I couldn't say I really get food cravings anymore like every now and again like normal but I honestly I'm much more in tune with my hunger cues I can actually leave food on my plate that was something I couldn't do um my portion size is much more normal if I'm you know I recognize when I'm not hungry and and I'm hungry and why I'm hungry and um I can be like oh well I I could do with having a few more veggies because I haven't had any and I don't feel like bad for having a savory breakfast over a sweet one which used to be something that would be like oh no I've not got my oats (laughs) uh yeah it's nice how do you feel towards social occasions now Tanton and has that changed since you've moved away from tracking uh, I feel not that I go on many but I do feel a lot better um, I still always have in my mind that I really want to have dessert whenever I go out because I do have a sweet tooth <laughs> um, but I have one thing I'm really proud of is that I can I one like I said leave food on my plate if I'm full but also like actually think do I actually want that dessert or do I just feel like I should be having it because I now know if I push myself past a certain point, I'm gonna be uncomfortably full. And yeah. that's not a feeling anyone enjoys. And bear in mind also, I have IBS. So um, if I overeat or or something, I will feel the negative consequences like almost straight after. <laughs> that's another thing as well that I think it's yeah. important to point out is that as your relationship with food has improved yeah. and you've become you've included more variety in your diet and you've become more yeah. relaxed about the process, 
your IBS symptoms have also subsided like your digestion has improved massively yeah and that's really important for me because I if anyone has suffered with IBS um it can be almost debilitating but you feel almost embarrassed of it because obviously it's toilet problems and no one wants to talk about that um but it's been so nice to have very rare instances and then being able to rationalizing and also now I know what my trigger foods are yeah I don't completely avoid them though like if I want to have it I just know that maybe I might end up having like bad cramping or like issues in that respect for a day or so or bloating but I now know what to expect and it's the same around my menstrual cycle as well I'm actually able to rationalize it even though I might have a bit of a wobble and think oh I'm you know I don't like my body composition I can be like yeah just shut up it's just you're bloated (laughs) um you ate like for example peppers is my thing I really like peppers but I can't eat too many of them otherwise I get bloated and I have bad cramps um and I just like know if I'm gonna eat that that maybe I'm I'm gonna pay for it (laughs) yeah I also think one of the and I've definitely seen this with you one of the underrated aspects of improving your relationship with food and your body image as well is that those that brain space that was previously taken up by Mm. food and your body is now free to think about other things and to deal with the things like you said you've incorporated yoga yeah um, and things along those lines but you've also started to put way more time into personal development and some of the other aspects of life and progress within those areas yeah Um, how has that sort of felt for you it's been a ride yeah Uh, so I've I've had depression and anxiety for as long as I can remember so probably from being a teenager and I think for a long time I'd accepted that that was just the way things were um but the minute the food relationship got better I didn't realize how much food had given me anxiety like the amount I was panicking over things and that I think any person who doesn't have a a bad relationship with food wouldn't even think of like um I'm not I don't freak out over not having a certain food in and 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 stuff like that so my brain wasn't anxious about that although it may have still been anxious about other things I could then start to see the positive side that oh well I've ticked off one of the values that I wanted to do and I feel in a really good place with that like obviously you have your good days and bad days but it's knowing oh um you know you're so much better than than you were and I can be more compassionate about myself when I was younger too like yeah I can understand where all that came from but that has helped as well I obviously like the personal development thing I've been going to therapy since October again because I did used to have a therapist stop seeing them over the lockdown because I actually weirdly after the first initial few weeks um I actually had a really good few months even though I was furloughed where my mental health was probably the best it had been and I felt really joyful I I was experiencing a new 
part of life and I felt like I had a lot of possibilities and a lot of things I wanted to do um but it did take a bit of a toll last year and that's related to like uh, my job and and not being overly happy with my current like living situation um and you know having that sort of societal pressure that thinking oh I'm going to be 26 and I haven't achieved the things that I think I should have achieved like you know I'm single so you know in my mind I thought when I was younger I'd be married and having kids by now um I don't have my own house um I'm still living at home and I didn't have a career so I know uh was it I can't remember it was April last year when I decided to do the EIQ nutrition because I just gen genuinely had an interest in nutrition it was something you had suggested to me I wasn't 100% sure if I was actually going to use it as a means of like having clients or anything but it felt good to have some education and in, in that respect as well if I ever did want to use it to help other people and I've started like doing like videos where I, I you know I produce my own educational content and I genuinely enjoy it even if no one sees it it's to actually such a source of enjoyment for me to be able to talk about things because yeah. when I'm really passionate about something you cannot shut me up yeah. like <laughs> just, to, just to interject there slightly yeah um that's one of the great things now that shows you're in a better place in regards to your relationship with food, your body image and your relationship with exercise yeah. is that you haven't turned to those things yeah. to distract you from yeah. other aspects of life. And yeah. instead, obviously, they're things that we've been addressing and working yeah. on through yeah. our coaching and through therapy and you're taking action now. Yeah. And also challenging your perception on some of the those things, like for example, you know, not being in a relationship because that's not inherently a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the great thing is that you're now doing the work on that. You've not just turned to food or you've turned to manipulating your body composition to distract you and to give you yeah. a false sense of progression and purpose. Well, really, when you think about it, um manipulating your body and changing your body can actually be a form of self-harm so although you may not actually be physically hurting yourself you know not feeding your body how it should be and not treating it with the respect that it deserves and and mentally bad talking to yourself about your body now I'm not saying you have to be body positive and love every part but like really being your your own worst enemy is is not good for you yeah yeah um yeah and you mentioned coaching there as well Tamsin yeah what are your goals moving into the coaching space and who is it that you would like to help so I would really like to just help people who were in a similar space as I was a few years ago like I, I want to help people improve their relationship with food, but still pursue their goals alongside it. I guess similar to what yourself does. And um, I want to help people improve their body image too, because that's definitely been a big thing for me. Um, and I'm not, I, I think I would be open to both male and female, because I think men don't have an, enough people who are actually helping them with their relationship with food and, and body image too 
um i think it's something we could all do with it and it's so tied in with so many aspects of your life you have no idea like um your relationship with food and how that is is also a reflection of your relationship with other people your relationship with yourself your behavior and 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 all that your attachment style everything um I want to like holistically approach health and fitness and also help people work towards their goals um I don't not believe in dieting like if you want to lose weight and it's from a place of well lose body fat because you can gain weight from muscles <laughs> um I, I want to help people pursue that and it's not inherently a bad thing it just has to come from a good place and not a place of trying to to be someone someone else's ideal or because you hate yourself so you think that you must be smaller you know yeah. and what excites you the most about moving into the coaching space I think the chance to talk more on what I actually enjoy <laughs> um, yeah. and to educate myself as well as others because I think with coaching is it does force you to constantly learn new things because you actually learn new things from your clients as well like new perspectives that you maybe never even thought of um I think it's so easy to be quite when it's just you to only see it from your perspective and there is a sort of problem solving and actually helping people and that's something I really want to do is like I want to make an impact on other people's lives I want to do something that's a bit more fulfilling and not not you know empty <laughs> yeah yeah I love that and so if anyone listening to this because I'm gonna ask you two final sort of questions yeah if anyone listening to this is sort of where you were a few mm -hmm. years ago where you had sort of like gone down the body bodybuilding route and you realize actually it wasn't right for you and you had a lot of work to do on your relationship with food and your body image and other aspects of life what would your advice be for those people on like how to even get started and who to speak to definitely seek help um and talk to people outside of your community like don't just talk to for example if you're another bikini athlete don't just talk to other bikini athletes who are very, very deep into, invested into that journey. Have a wider circle and don't be afraid to talk and listen to other people's opinions because you don't have to agree with them and they don't have to be in line with your own opinions, but it can open your mind. Like, um, <clears throat> although I already was like not competing and we were already far ahead, when you formed the, the flourishing competitor which is now flourishing society I joined that and there were still aspects of things that I was whoa like I didn't even think of that and I thought I was over it already <laughs> um there's those resources and there are more people being more outspoken about about that side of things and god there are a few people that I think are, are really beneficial to follow um there's a few not everyone you should follow on Instagram is giving good advice but like there's a few that I find really helpful. Like obviously there's you, there's Charlie, um, there's a nutritionist called Abby Sharp uh, on YouTube. And she like um, sort of reviews what people eat, but not in like a judgmental way, just kind of like um, more of how things could be more satiating maybe or, or stuff like that. 
um there's other nutritionists on like luke hannah nutrition ben carpenter and well he might be a pt instead but th there's so many people to follow that are actually out giving good advice um you just gotta try and tune out the not good and also talk to other people who have been in a similar position with you and know that it's okay to feel those things um i'm an advocate for therapy but i know that's not for everyone so if you have someone in your life that you feel like you can be open and talk to that would be a good place to start like the very first thing yeah and to finish off where can people find your coaching page on instagram so it's only got two posts on it right now <laughs> um but i do have a lot of posts on my original personal account which i'll be moving over onto there um as the weeks go on but it's at tamsin silver coaching um yeah it's brand new i do also have a facebook page which is um transformation with tamsin or transform with tamsin i can't quite remember but you can join that too I'll, I'll put a link or something in my in my thing and it's you don't have to like say anything in the group in the group just like read and take in and if you have questions that's great if you can also email me, um, tamsinsilvercoaching at gmail.com. It doesn't necessarily have to be an inquiry, but if you wanted to have like a talk about something, I'm very open to having a chat and discussing topics because as you can tell, I like to talk. <laughs> so For anyone yeah. listening, I will put all of Tamsin's details in the description down below. So on instagram join the facebook page and thank you for listening if any of you have any questions for either of us you're welcome to direct messages on instagram yeah. um, if you do enjoy the content on the female fitness podcast please do like subscribe and leave a review down below and if any of you would like any supplements from full ball sports you can use the code danny10 um mm -hmm. I do not make money off that. It's not a commission code, but it will save you a little bit of money. And thank you so much for listening again. I will see you in the next one. Thank you for having me. <laughs>